Bored. I'm not. I'm not happy about this. Bored. Switcheroo. Mm. Wagwan fam lam. Switcheroo. And things will never be the same again. Cheapskates. Mm. Wagwan fam lam. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I though? I can't remember. to another season of the Three Amigos FBL podcast. Uh, to our listeners from last year, you're very welcome back. And to our new listeners, glad to have you tune in. But where the hell have you been? As usual, I'm joined on tonight's podcast by my amigos Mars, Dale and our amiga Kylie. Welcome to the new season. How are you doing, folks? I'll come to you first, Kylie. How's the summer treating you? And um, how are you looking forward to the new FBL season? The summer's been great. It's actually been like real summer, so that's been good. Able to enjoy the sunshine while there's been no football, or certainly since the World Cup finished. I am still coming to grips with the fact that the new season is about to kickstart, but I'm looking forward to it and excited to be back on the show. Great stuff, Kylie. And uh, tell us, Dale, how are you keeping? How's the summer? How much are you looking forward to the new season? Yeah, summer's been all right. Well, cup, lots of beer. Um, although I had a month off the beer in July. Did you? Yeah, I did actually. Well, apart from like about the last four days of July. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the new season. Um, I'm looking forward to being the most controversial man in FPL. And, uh, we'll see what, we'll see if we can finish inside the top two million this season. Uh, which is more important to finish like in a high top rank or where you think that you're the most controversial man on, on in the FBL community? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd settle for being the most controversial man in FBL. Yeah, yeah. you'd like, to, you'd like to have that tag at the end of the season, huh? <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. But uh, tell us, uh, Mars, how's the form? How are you keeping and uh, how much are you looking forward to a new season of uh, the Three Amigos? Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as Kylie said, it's, it's come too early. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not happy about this. I'm like Poch and Jose in one right now. Like, <laughs> you want more? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We all, we all want more, Mark. <laughs> she obviously likes watermelon just like her daddy. Right, let's start again. <laughs> Sorry about that. I did tell her I'm on the phone, don't talk. <laughs> yeah, we're not editing that out, Mars. <laughs> That's fine, man. Don't bother me. I said on Twitter that I won't do anything before August, but obviously because it's going to come in nine days, I've had to look up my team. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the season. I just feel it's come a little bit early. I was listening to um, to the radio early and... People are saying, why are we not starting with the with the other European? I think only one. I think the French league is the only league that's starting so early. And sometimes I think that you know the Premier League, the FA, they don't really do themselves a favour. The players are shattered. Just delay a week or two, let them recover a little bit more. But then it might work for the you know in favour for for Liverpool and other teams that don't have so many play, didn't have so many players reach the latest latest stages of the World Cup. So you know by the time it kicks off, I'll be embracing it. 
that's what I would say. I, yeah, I, uh, when you were talking about going am Nana, you you were, didn't want it to start, and you were saying too early. You sounded such a Grinch, Mars. You're not looking forward to the new season. I I've been absolutely dying for it. As soon as the thing came out, I was creating my lineup. I've tweaked it about fifty thousand times since then. And, I'm looking uh, forward. I'm looking forward to. The I can't league. wait for it to get going. I'm looking forward. You want to the redemption? And I'm excited. But um, Ky- Kylie not- hit the hit, K- Kylie hit the nail right in the head. There is that I'm I'm looking for redemption this season. I'm going well, to you're, my yeah, work. You're going to see what two million looks like. You'll be eating my dust, Marzi. You'll be eating my fantasy dust. <laughs> Challenge is on. Challenge. Um, but uh, this season on the Three Amigos, as I mentioned there, we're going to have, um, we're going to, we're really looking forward to it because it, um, it'll be our first full season. Like Jurgen Klopp, take over halfway through the season, it can be a little bit hard. But um, this season we're we're starting off strong, so we're we're going to. Kylie has done some great work on the blog, and um, and Kylie and and Dale and myself and Mars might even chip in as well, um, with a bit of content during the season. But of course, I mean, our main thing is our is our podcast. What's that? I just like to say on that, you know, I, I kind of already have been writing articles. That's what I said. I said you yeah. have. I'm saying myself and Mars, myself and Mars might chip in as well. Jeez, man. Jeez, Dale. It's controversial or flipping cranky. Which is it? Like, which which oh, which yeah. thing are you going for? Is it another C word you're looking for? Is it another C word? <laughs> 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 hey, C word. I've never used C word. Yeah, uh, but um, no. So it, it promises to be a great one. Yeah. So um, follow us on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts at Three Amigos FPL, um, and of course check us out on Reddit as well at the same handle. Um, we look forward to to chatting with all of you, our lovely listeners, during the year. Um, so tell us, lads. Let's let's move forward with the um with the show. And uh, of course, this show will be a little bit different than um than our usual our usual seasonal podcast, where um where normally we have a a, a week game week for review, and we're specifically looking at certain matches. This one is one where we're going to basically look at what everyone is thinking at the moment, and they're trying to set up that first draft of their of their FBL team. Um, Marzi, um, one thing that we can't do, of course, and we have to, um, we have to stick with no matter what, no matter what type of podcast we have is we have to let you have your rant of the week. Um, so tell us what is the thing that's on your mind at the moment in the FPL community that you, that you really need to get off your chest? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I don't know. I honestly don't know what, what is wrong with, with Mourinho crying near all the time. Like he needs to get on, to get on with it. He knew about the World Cup. He knew how good his players are going to be. He he knew about the type, the start of the season, and now he's having a go at the play at the play at the fans turning up. I wouldn't turn up. He knew he was going to the US. I don't get it. The neighbors are having a fight. <laughs> <laughs> the neighbors are having a fight. The, the, the neighbors are having a fight. <laughs> That's can, not can you remember that episode, Maz, where the cops come? <laughs> That's yeah. like one of the best episodes just read it together and the cops yeah. come. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, what? Oh. All, all you could hear when Mars was talking was sirens. Yeah, was, <laughs> Kylie, Kylie Mars apparently was um he was walking around naked around his living room and there was reports from the neighbours that he was uh he was on the pod. If he'd like the pod naked. I don't know if you know that. But, no, um, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> Where was I though? I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
You wouldn't pay for it if you were a fan. Pay for the ticket. I mean, that sounded bad. I'm just going to start again. He can edit. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> right. Go. Yeah, my rant is about Mourinho and Pochettino, actually, because both of them are just complaining. Start with Poch. He's now complaining that he might not sign any players. And uh, he's complaining that the transfer window is going to close. They knew that from the beginning of last season. So I don't know what's wrong with them. What what are they on about? And then you go into Mourinho. He knew about the World Cup. He knew how many players will be there. He knew he's going to the US. He knew when the season started. And he needs to just, like, smile though his heart is aching. Smile even though it's breaking. You know, like, when the clouds are in the sky, you will get by. Just smile, man. Just... (laughs) Stop crying me a river. Well, I think you're reading so much into it, Maz, for both of them. I think they're both saying that to get the board, board his asses in gear to sign some players. From what if personally. I, I see a little bit of it, but having a dig at the young players, uh, saying Sanchez is the oh Sanchez is not playing well because he's a, he's around crap players. It's not really building confidence, is it? I, now, I if it's my games, first play to him. He's saying. One thing in public and another thing in private. I guarantee you. Let, let's see. Let's see. The season works out because if it's not mind games, then gosh, he needs to get over it and quickly. I, I it just seems like he's always complaining, though. It's what he does. It's what he does. He's always done it. He's just he such a grumpy man. Like He puts all the pressure on himself, so there's no pressure on the players. You know, that's, that's what it's about. So everybody, that, look, look at what we're doing now. This is why he does it. We're all talking about what he said, and not the fact that United have been horrible in preseason. That's why. That's why I said, if it's mind games, fair play to the guy, fantastic. If it's not, then there's big problems. And if I was a United fan, I'd be worried. I you look at gonna... Arsenal, things are looking good. You look at um, City, they look they look okay. You look at Liverpool, they look excited and happy. Klopp is telling his players not to come back and Mourinho's asking his players to come back and begging them to come back earlier. And complaining about them going away for the birth of their child, mind you. Yeah. It's simply a power player with a board. Uh, honestly. But when is the last time Mourinho had a successful power play with a board? He just doesn't do it anymore. He did at the start when he was a proper... I mean, I think if you if you gave me one match, nor you say like I gave one match to a manager and said if he doesn't win this match, I'm dead. I'd give that match to Mourinho over any other manager because I think in any one single match he can outplay and out out mastermind any other manager. But he's lost the plot in terms of his players. He doesn't maintain any loyalty whatsoever with his players. And in my opinion, he's he might be doing a power play. But he, there's no way he's keeping that dressing room. Mm. He might keep the players who he picks. People are, say, people are saying, people are saying, Shaw came out and said Mourinho was nice to me in in private. What do you think Shaw's going to say when he's still a United player? Oh, he exactly. was really horrible. He's and when pick, he's you know. and when he's one of the players that he's picking currently, so he's obviously going to be on, a, you know, in his more positive books. It's it's, really it's into it. Yeah, no, I think it is. But I, but I'm thinking if you're looking at it realistically. From the point of view of the players and Man United assets as they are, it's not something that makes you glow with confidence of 
how them players are going to perform when the club seems to be a little bit in disarray. And it does seem Absolutely. to be in disarray. And, you know, that's just the way I look at it. And there's injuries everywhere as well. They're probably going to end up signing Alder Vireld or they're going to sign Harry Maguire. They might sign another forward player and things will probably be like cushy when they come to start the season. Harry, Harry Maguire now in the Alderweireld. Um, he's had a good World Cup, but Harry Maguire is not in the Alderweireld class. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's a fellow who two years ago was struggling to get into the whole team, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, that is it's, true. It's not a. I mean, he has a ton and he's probably got, you know, he's probably got another level to go up. But again, United. If I was United, I'd be going after Alderweireld because yeah, he's oh, a level. Yeah. He's he's he is, probably yeah. probably the what's the most along, top along with Van Dijk. Probably. Along with Van Dijk, I think he's the best centre half in the in the league. But um, but I think yeah, that's I the, um, that. yeah, I won't argue know, with that. It's, it is just, I think that's, that's my main thing with it as the proof is in the pudding is in terms of a lot of people defending Man United and fair play. I, I personally would. Um, and I always think back the manager, back your club and all that. But the reality is, is how many premium Man United assets is anyone really picking for their fantasy team? Even the most diehard, um, Reno, um, fans or Man United fans, they're just not picking them. De Gea is like, even Lingard was somebody I was considering before when I saw his price point. Sanchez was somebody I was going, you know, if I could afford him, I think he's going to blow up this year. And then I've watched the United train and I've gone, no, um, I'm going to sit back and wait and see. There might be somebody I'll look at down the line, but none of them are going to be in my week one team. And I think that's the kind of the proof is in the pudding, as we say, or the, you know, in who you pick and that first team. But um, no, I just think with with, with Jose, this is going to be the beginning. It's not the end and things will never be the same again. Oh God, I knew. Fourth one already. Yeah, hello, Yeah, I think Stan De Gea is like covering around thirty percent owned, and then after that, you're looking at uh, Lukaku at fourteen and a half percent owned, and Pogba at thirteen point eight percent. So. Yes, you know, can't argue with what you're saying there for FPL was. Um, and I, even like Lukaku, you think would be, um, I mean, if things all been equal, Lukaku should be kind of garnering more interest with, um, you know, as a decent comparison between Aguero, it's between Aguero and Aubameyang. Um, and I know we're going to go on to the forwards in a minute here. I'm sure we'll, we'll leave that conversation for that. But, um, you know, we should really be probably, Lukaku should be in more people's discussion, especially with kind of Pogba only laid back. Um, and a few other things in the midfield, Marshall with the baby thing, you know, and, you know, d- different things like that. We should probably be talking about Lukaku more. But um, oh, Lukaku's not back, is he? No, I mean, let's go straight into the forwards. I mean, everyone's struggling yeah. to pick a good forward lamb because basically Salah's at 13 million. You know, that, that is the long and short of it. Mm. It's It's difficult. And the way I'm looking at it, and we sure we will, we'll we'll give it a broad stroke on it, and we'll go into more detail with the players on it. But the way I am looking at the um, Salah price tag, and that is our kind of big topic of the week, of course, is Salah the price tag and whether or not whether or not the um, he's worth 13 million when you could get Mane for nine and a half and upgrade at other positions. But the way I'm looking at it with Salah is, um, he's effectively the Aguero of other years. Like 13 million is, he is your premium centerpiece forward. 
and then you're just basically filling with the forward line. You're kind of, you, if you think of him like he's an Aguero, like he's your forward that you're spending 13 million on, you can afford then to look at your forward line and not go, well, I have to have a, a massive hitter up there in, in my forward line because Salah will be the week in, week out captainer for a lot of people. And he will be probably for me, like if you're paying 13 million for him, you sure as hell had better be willing to captain him every week. That's, um, that's his ownership. You know, I, I totally agree with that. Having Salah takes the pressure of having premium forwards, definitely. I genuinely don't think that it's about having Salah in your team, then you can't have a premium forward. I think if you want a strong midfield and two premium forwards, that's where it becomes an issue. I have Salah and I can still have six or seven good players. Oh, of course, of course. Right? But yeah. it just depends. It depends really if you want to have the powerhouses of midfield, you know, nine, nine, nine and a half and above, or if you're happy to take a risk at the beginning, um, and and you know go top load heavy plus Salah. It, it can be doable yeah. with a strong defence still. But, but I, I, I don't think it's Salah. Is... I think it's really about do you want to balance your team out, or do you want to go strong in one area and then take a couple of risks in the other. Yeah, I'm basically looking at it more as a whole, as the whole attacking the, the midfield and the forward. I'm looking at them as a bunch, as a, a unit. And I'm saying that if you just move positions around there, I can have another, you think you want to have one more, you want to have one premium forward. So you want to have like your Aubameyang, you're going to have your Aguero. Maybe if you want to go a little bit bigger midfield, is you have your Firmino as being your top forward and then fill him out with Zaha or Nautovic, whoever else. But it's just basically that's that's my thinking is that when I'm looking at my forward line, I'm not feeling massive pressure to go. I have to get like an Aguero there. I have to get, um, you know, ideally I will. But I think if you're going to go for the big hitters in midfield, if you want to get um, like that Mane, if you want to have Ericsson, you, you know what I mean? We, we will have to sacrifice in our forward area a little bit. Um, well, but, um, I... What do you think, Kylie? Well, I, I think, you know, there's a couple of things. So certainly on Salah, I wouldn't be considering not going with him. I just think that that's an unnecessary risk for game week one. His ownership's at 50%. So you just kind of look at Salah as you put him in. It's 13 million and you can reassess the situation. But the reality is that a large majority of the premium assets in FPL aren't really in our thinking at the moment because of World Cup. So there's a limited pool of them that we're looking at. Obviously, we've talked about Aguero, Aubameyang, Mane, Ericsson. These are a few subsidy assets. But your Canes and all of these ones aren't figuring into the conversation at the moment. So I don't think that, like, at 13 million, you can afford to start with Salah. Put him in. He's a nice, easy pick. You can captain him and you can see what happens over the coming weeks. Game week one is always tumultuous because there's strange things happening in team sheets we didn't expect. There's always weird scorers. It's just nice and stable. Uh, look, if Salah has anything like the season that he had last year, you won't care about the $13 million because, as you quite rightly said, we've paid $13 million for Aguero before, and Aguero never scored the amount of points that Salah got for us. So, you know, it, he's expensive, but he's delivering $3.5 million more based on last year than Mane. If Mane runs a mark, brilliant. We'll all bring him in. 
I wouldn't get too hasty. Yeah. I think money in addition to salad is is something to talk about. Definitely, definitely. But um, I should actually mention the FBL Claret, among others, was um, did breach the subject or broach the subject with um, the Man United manager and kind of uh, his unusual attitude its impact. So hopefully we cover that enough for, for Claret. Um, let's uh, let's actually just keep on going, Kylie, and I'll stick with you first um, on this. Yep. Like we've like we're talking for, we're talking forwards, and I guess we want to kind of look at the premium, mid range, and budget options at each of the positions, and we'll stick with forwards because we have covered a good few of them already. But um, as you said, there a lot of them like Kane, he isn't back yet. Um, Aubameyang, Aguero, and Lukaku are at that 11 million mark. Um, which of those are you probably going to start off the season with? And is there a kind of plan? Do you have a plan like maybe to stick with one for a couple of game weeks and then move on to another one? Do you have any kind of strategy with that in terms of the premium options? So uh, ideally, I would have liked to start with Aguero because um, it's Aguero and also you know, uh, there's such a good run of fixtures coming up after after the first match. Not that the first match is a terrible match against uh, Arsenal, but um, I would have liked to start with Aguero. I think 11 is a really nice price for him, but we, we just can't trust that that he will definitely start. Him and Jesus both came back the same week. I think it was only like two days ago they rejoined training, a whole bunch of them. And yeah. it was the two of them. So I think, you know, I understand the temptation to have him in there. And it's a really hard one to resist, especially because he hasn't been 11 million. So certainly not in the time I've been playing the game. But for me, I've decided that I'm just going to start with Aubameyang. Um, I wanted him in my team anyway. First two fixtures aren't great. Don't really think it matters. In the time that he played with Arsenal, his um, points per game was like 6.69, and that was in an inconsistent team. So I I just think I know there's questions over formation and will Lacazette start up front? Will Aubameyang be moved to the wing? I don't really care. I like that he's going to play. And I think that he's going to get good points and I think he'll be one of the top performers this year. So I also think that he can score against Chelsea and City. You know, they're back from the World Cup. They'll be rushing some players in. Um, so I think it's open season and I think he could get something in those matches. Yeah, because like Aubameyang was one that I had in my initial draft. He was going, yeah, definitely that price, Arsenal. Looks like he's going to explode this season. And then when I was really looking at the two fixtures, that did put me off because I went, you know what, is it, um, is it a thing that if Aguero is back and we get any kind of inkling, Aguero, I'd fancy Man City to score against Arsenal more than I'd fancy Arsenal to score against Man City. That's exactly it. I think a lot of people would have looked at it and gone, I might start with Aguero and then do a switcheroo and eventually bring in Aubameyang, but it's a question whether Aguero will start because I think that would be an easier call, as you said. Um, will Aguero yeah. score against Arsenal? You would feel fairly confident of that, I would say. Yeah, because when the initial prices came out, I think we were all going, um, there was a bunch of um, Arsenal assets that kind of look really good value. 
whether yeah. it's Mkhitaryan in midfield, Aubameyang at 11 look good, even Kolasinac maybe at, at five and Bellerin at five and a half, like all nice price points for for what they are. Um, but then when I was looking at those two fixtures, I think that uh, it's kind of an ideal opportunity to have a, have a little test and see basically and just kind of see how things play out in the first two game weeks and decide who we're going to go for then. Um, Dale, come to you on, um, as Claudia mentioned there, Lacazette seems to be the man who's playing in the centre forward position with Aubameyang pushed out wide. Is Lacazette as kind of in the mid-price ones himself and Firmino, Morata, Vardy and even lovely Giroud? Um, they're kind of in the medium price range. Um, what's your thinking on Lacazette? Is he somebody you're considering as an option instead of Aubameyang to free up funds? Yeah, I, I definitely am. Um, it's a real difficult one because, you know, like people are, are blinded by the price points, I think, and not, like you say, Lacazette's playing centrally and not, and Aubameyang's playing out wide. It's just going to have to be a case of wait and see. I think Man City, the Man City game's got goals written all over it from both sides. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, I don't think there's going to be clean sheets in that game. So I think he might be pretty safe with that. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one because, because you know, it's an easy game, is it? Man, Man City, even at home, you know. It's probably oh, the best. a very tough start. You know, I mean, are their World Cup stars going to be back like De Bruyne? Aguero, Jesus, the rest, are they going to be uh, back fit? Maybe not 100%. So you'd, you'd figure it's a good time for Arsenal to play them. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really, really difficult one. And, I'm, and, you know, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows I've been agonising over it over the last couple of days. Uh, Morata's a really interesting one for me because it looks like Higuain's off to AC Milan. And personally, I think Morata's made for Sarri. Um, and the way Sarri likes to set up, I, I, I know uh, Cali probably ought to know this, but I don't think Giroud's going to be in that Chelsea team very much. <sighs> I know. I know. Is, Apparently, uh, he's going off somewhere else in the French league, which I'm now going to have to watch, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. Is he really? Um, I, I was, I was hopeful that eight point eight million for Giroud. He looked as he was trusted more by, um, you know, last season for Chelsea towards the end. He looked like he was a better player than Morata. But, but I know at the start of the season, Morata looked really, really good. And if you got that at his price, Sarri's of coaching the mold of Pep, and Giroud just doesn't fit that play style as much as Morata does. Morata, you know, is a very intelligent player. You know, he did miss his fair share of chances. Let's not let's not sugarcoat it. He did, but any style goes well with Sherwood Dale. So um, on that note, I'll move on to um, Mars. Your microphone is muted. Um, Marzi, um, we're going to come to you with the cheap skates. So um, the cheap forwards. So um, obviously Zaha and Arnie are two that everyone at seven mil has um, is looking at and definitely kind of facilitating the Salah and the premium assets in midfield. But um, is there any other kind of of the budget midfielders, the cheaper guys that you've got your eye on? Yeah, obviously. I mean, you mentioned the two most most easy 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 choices with Arnie and, and Zaha. Uh, but I think um, you know uh, one of the number one English forwards that have never made it to the World Cup has been forgotten about, Joshua King. Um, I think he's um, <clears throat> you know at his price is six point five, and especially in game week one, if you're not sure, like for example, Arnie's got a tough away game. We hope at Liverpool. 
uh, if you're not sure if Zaha's going to be there or not, uh, especially if he leaves if he leaves to Spurs, etc. King's got Cardiff at home, first game. He's been on fire. Um, I know it's preseason. It's fine. Don't take don't take too much into it. But still, it's King. Um, and for me, I think he's um, you know at 6.5 as a forward. That's a really good price for a third forward, right? Um, and then um, there's there's Wood, uh, Dale's favorite man. But for me, personally, just because, I don't he, just because he can never he can always use a, as some sort of sexual <laughs> pawn when he's uh, exactly exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, you know Burnley just don't score enough, right? So I, I wouldn't be spending six and a half million on Wood. Uh, but if you want to, if you definitely want to play with three strikers and you want a cheap striker, then well, why not? He's he's going to start most of their games. He'll be the main the main guy. And if they do win 1-0, he's most likely going to be the guy who scores the goals. So, um, and then you've got, um, you know, the way Palace have been playing, and if Benteke is back fit, he's had a season, he's had a season to forget, but he has had, he's had his summer. Didn't go to the World Cup. Um, Hodgson always talks him up. And he might just get back to himself now. And maybe, you know, the fact that he wasn't part of that Belgian team wants to prove a point. So I know he's, he's flagged at the moment. But again, 6.5 for a team that is really attacking and get, you know, they, they create chances uh, and quite an easy run as well. So he, he's, I've seen people with soulless. But I mean, what, what, what has that guy done to be in your team? I don't, I don't understand that. He's Again, been he priced at five million. I think it's a three-five-two formation thing. Exactly. If he's going to sit on the bench, fine. But I mean, he hasn't proven anything yet. Um, you might as well save half a million and put a four-point-five legend like Quainer in and put your point-five somewhere else because it's I, 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 don't, I don't rate him. Um, obviously, I can't I can't talk about forwards without talking about Okaka. If you don't have Okaka on your team, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna finish <laughs> in the top. 10K. I, no. I put him on my I put him on my bench, Marzi, in your honor. My first draft, I put Okaka yeah, as, my, uh, as my. Me too. Me too. If you know what, <laughs> I, I could you not? Know, if he was five million or below, I would have I would have gone for it. <laughs> um, the last person I think that I'm going to give a shout is Austin. Austin, when he's on fire and fit, the guy was unbelievable in that season. He was playing for QPR. No disrespect it's to QPR. Years ago, man. Yes, mate, but he, I'm not. But he's had. I think he will be the main man, and at six million, though, that's that's if he gets if he gets back to his old style, and you know, we've, I think Hughes will give him his trust. He started I'm with him. We've been saying it for ages. Look, all I'm saying is that six million is not a bad option. With again, Southampton have got a, a nice one. I'd love they to have. get into. Thompson, but I just don't trust him to start every every week. No, uh, I think he will start. It's just whether South, you know, how much Southampton will score. It's a gamble, right? And any of those third options will be a gamble. I remember the beginning of last season, I had Gavidini, and don't don't ask me why he scored one in in three, and then I took him out. Um, and I think I saw yeah, like- I, I saw someone say, and I think Kylie, it might be you. You said I think you said something like, um, "This is the time where we." Uh, you know, preseason um, kind of like uh, tricks us, and we we go and put players that we never would never have in our team just because they scored a few goals, and that's that's true. Gabadini had a good preseason last season, and I thought, okay, you know what, they've got an e- and also the easy run, 
we got fixtures versus form. What I've decided, and, and this is what I'll, end, what I'll end on, is I'm going with most of the players that have not played or got knocked out early in the World Cup to start with. I don't normally advocate to say plan for four weeks and then use use your wild card. But maybe, maybe because of the World Cup, because of the internationals, because of players coming back, this could be the year where you do plan only for four weeks and then you change your team up once everybody's back. So let's move on to the midfielders. We'll look at the premium first of all and we'll kind of leave Salah out of the equation. But um, who are the premium midfielders at the start of the season now that you think that that people should be probably making sure they have in their lineup? And obviously, with the Salah price tag, it could be difficult if you want to get another, uh, you know, spend a bit of money in your forward line. It is, yeah, of, of course, yeah, of course. So let's say you're going to go with three premium mids for now, right? Let's say you you have a premium forward with two mid-ranges. I think you can afford to have about three, maybe if you push four, depending on how weak your back line will be um, forward. So Salah is out of the equation. Then for me, I would go back to what I said just earlier. It has to be players that have not played at the World Cup because I think they'll be the freshest and I think they'll be the ones that start. They might not be the ones that continue, but that's that's currently my plan. So one of the guys is Sane, for example. Right? Sane has a big point to prove. I know Pep came out and said something about his conditioning, but I think people, you know, maybe he was talking about head and shoulders rather than actually his fitness. I also saw, <laughs> I also saw Pep talk him up and say, you know, you, uh, he should, put, you know, he should prove to Paul to, uh, to um, the Germany coach that he should be in the next uh, World Cup and in the next Euros and in the next World Cup. And I think Sane will, I think Sane will start, and I think he could be devastated. I mean, we've seen what he can do, right? So Sane is one one of them. Now, if you're thinking City and you look at their fixtures, Mares is another one. I think he will start as well. Now that we know that he's not injured, he didn't go to the World Cup, and frankly. Pep seems to like him. He seems to be doing the silver roll and sometimes on the right wing. So he, he can play either, right? He can play either of those roles. With Silva, I don't know, I've heard some stuff about him not, again, being around all the time now uh, because of his baby. I've, uh, also, you've got De Bruyne not back yet. You've got uh, Sterling. I don't, don't know if he's back yet. And he looked absolutely shattered in the World Cup. Him and Kane, for me, looked absolutely knackered. So I won't be surprised if they don't start. Now, obviously, if they do start, please don't come back and, you know, tell, oh, you got it wrong. I'm just saying that's my opinion. Um, then, um, uh, Ericsson is the other one, right? At 9.5. He will be the main man again for Spurs, as always. My only concern with Spurs is, I mean, how many even first team players do they have left? All of them were at the World Cup. They had nine players at the World Cup. Right and yes, they're doing well in the preseason. Lucas Moura scoring and um, the, the Danish guy is scoring. Yeah, well, he scored before in the uh, uh, friendlies and never did anything in, in in the league. I mean, there's no trip here. I think Davis is there. There's no Kane, no Ali, no Son. I think plays one game and then goes to to the Asia Cup. And I think that's something that people need to 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 recognise. So. Are Spurs going to be strong? You know, also they have this home situation where it's not ready yet. And it's just, for me, Spurs are, if there's, I said I would avoid players at the World Cup. Spurs are the team that I would avoid until their players are back. And I see that they are, you know, playing well. They're a good team, but not right now. 
Um, That's brilliant. So, Mars, we started off talking about the premium midfield options and we ended up talking about Trippier and um, <laughs> and Spurs as a whole. No, I was talking about Spurs and why um, I would avoid their midfielders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I love you, You asked me to do research. I gave, I'll give you research. Very good. Back in my you face. You research. You're lying. <laughs> One thing, like, uh, as you mentioned there, Ben Davies, it was a disgrace that he didn't make the England squad for the World Cup, in all fairness. But um, the... Uh, yeah, him and one, King, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is after the, um, after the premium options, then, um, Dale, come to you first on this one, is the, the mid-priced ones. And, like, one that definitely is kind of getting my attention a little bit is there's a few 6.5 millions um, that, that a lot of people are looking at. One is Pedro, that is someone I hadn't actually expected to look at. And it's a cheap way to get into the Chelsea attack at 6.5. But um, what other kind of mid-priced midfielders are you looking at at the moment? Um, I'm not looking at Pedro. I, I might do if Villian leaves. Um, but, you know, the, the noise is coming out of Chelsea today is that, you know, that it's just a passport issue when he'll be back and that they don't want to sell. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking at Pedro, but I can see why people are. Um, I'll tell you what, one I am looking at is Siggy. Um, you know, I've seen a, a lot of love for uh, Everton players. I mean, I'm not Marco Silva's biggest fan, but he does know how to set his team up to attack. So Siggy is someone who interests me because Wayne Rooney's not there, so they're both not going to be playing in the same uh, space on the pitch. And you would imagine he's going to build the attack around Siggy. So, yeah. Do you think he worth the extra bit of money, though, over Richarlison, say? Yeah. yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, Richarlison only did it for, what, 13, 14 games or whatever. Fair enough, he, he come from Brazil and, you know, Brazil's season is the opposite to ours. And, um, you know, it, it would have been bent out by the end of the season. But, you know, it's he, he didn't do it in the end of the season. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'd be, if personally, Siggy's going to be on free kicks. So that interests me as well. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure whether it's penalty taker is either. Um, is it still Baines or is it someone else? Uh, probably Baines, I'd say. Uh, if he's playing, but they're, you know, they're yeah, they're just age, sound, you never know if he's going to be. I'm just signed a fullback, but I'm not uh, for that yeah. side. Uh, but well, that's another conversation. But yeah, Siggy, everything's going to be built around him. Now, Richardson may pop up with the goals, but Siggy's going to get the goals and the assist, probably bonus points. So, yeah, personally, I do think it's worth the extra money, especially when you're looking in the 7.5 bracket. You've got Ramsey, Villian, Keita, another one who I really, really like, who I've been really impressed with in pre-season. Yeah, you've got Shakiri, Martial. So, they 7.5 mids. So, you know, Siggy's up, like, up there in that range. Um, yeah. What do you I think like, of Gross, Dale? Yeah, I really like Gross. Um, I'm trying the, my artist to fit him in because... You know, Brighton are going to stay up, then it's going to be because of Gross. It's that simple. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to work him, in, work him in, but I'm finding it very difficult with all the other stuff you, all the other fires you're trying to fight in your team. But you know, I mean, the first three games at the best, Watford away, Man United at home, Liverpool away. So you know, Gross might be one I look at on the wild card personally. And Gross, Gross is, is even Gross has shown even that he's capable against any 
I mean, he is the main man. He's kind of like the, he, he reminds me a bit of the kind of, uh, of Siggy when Siggy was with Swansea, like he's literally everything was going through him. Every, every set piece, everything is, um, you know, an oh, opportunity for, sure. for points. For sure. But well, I, I, I had, I had him in my team and I had to downgrade him to unfortunately to like a five mil in order to kind of, uh, but to, when you look to upgrade at, another position. But when you look at Everton's first five compared to Brighton's first five, I'd be, you know, I'd be looking at Siggy over Gross and then looking at Gross maybe on the wild card. Uh, personally, but you know, each to their own kind of thing. What do you uh, think of uh, what do you think of Jota, Dale? Jota, yeah, he's another one. He's in my team from day one. Um, uh, I know people said avoid the promoted players, but Wolves are a, a different case to normal promoted teams. You've got, you know, they've spent a lot of money. They've brought in some quality players. They brought in quality players ones in the championship, you know. Um, and he, he plays up front and if they don't sign on a big name striker then you know there's going to be times in the season where he's playing as a striker it may only be like be like eight games or something, but that's eight games you're getting where he's playing out of position so yeah Jota is someone I am he's in my team like, there's no two ways about it I love uh, that he, he becomes Jotter to you Dale with your accent he's Jotter well, do you want me to call him? He's not, he's not Yota. He's not Yota. I've asked, I've asked someone who's Portuguese, like, I said it's just Jose. <laughs> oh, is that it? Oh, I see. Well, I do my how research. Do you pronounce, how do you pronounce this lad's name? Uh, you do your research, you do indeed, Dale. That's what we pay the big bucks for. Um, Kylie, uh, what's your thinking then on the budget options? Um, as we did mention, Jota there, Neves is one. Um, his teammate, he seems to be like the assister for Jota a lot of the time. And um, around that kind of the five mil kind of range, there is actually five and a half mil. There is actually a few decent options. Um, who have you been looking at in that price range? Oh, I don't find this price range interesting at all, to be honest. Actually, just quickly to go back to what Dale was saying before about um, selecting attacking players from promoted sides. I think there's always a few picks and it is a gamble which one you pick, but it can work out. Um, Gross actually was in my team from game week one last year. And I think yes, it was like his third, was it the third game week or the fourth when he got like 18 points and he just ran amok out of nowhere uh, right when I had been planning to sell him. Thank God I didn't. Um and so you can get these little surprise packages and, and sometimes it is the promoted teams that – are the ones, but it's just really Kylie. hard to call that. Kylie, I'm delighted. You just, that was a lovely, humble brag that you dropped in there. Lads, you know that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> definitely. Oh, yeah. You've got to call it out. Um, I'll watch now my, because um, I do like to think my, my special skill, even when I screwed up everything else in my, my other teams, I have called the 5.5 slot well historically um the rest you know, of one them one player, less so. kennedy kylie is one that uh, for newcastle he's one that um if at five mil he kind of he's somebody who'll get a lot of minutes and for me he's the one i'm kind of having as my fifth midfielder um when i'm playing with the and i'm going to be playing with four in midfield most of the time because i have decent big hitters in defense but um kennedy is one that's kind of he did well last season in patches 
he's kind of kind of reminded me a bit of Richardson in some ways, where he's a little bit patchy and he kind of wears a little bit streaky. But um, I do know what you're saying. At at that price range, it's always going to be it's kind of harder to to pick the real gems out. But um, it what is. do you think, I really like Kennedy as an option, just not initially because those fixtures are just horrific. Um, they really, they really, really got a bad run to start. But I do think that Kennedy at five million, given what he was doing last year, as you said, in patches. But it was one of those things where. I was almost like every time you went to buy him, his fixtures turned bad or something. But um, I think he could be a really tidy option. At five million, you're not over, you know, you're not looking for a crazy amount of points. You're just kind of hoping that you get the jammy pick there. And in the long run, he could be a really viable option. I know a lot of people are talking about Carney. Um, at five million, because apparently he might be on penalties, though I don't know whether that's actually being uh, being confirmed or anything. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not sure. It's like one of those um, things that's gone like wildfire through the FBL community, though. On Twitter, is um, <laughs> Carney's a name? It came out of nowhere with me, and I was going, "Who?" Like, uh, I now I'm I'm not that familiar with the uh, with the promoted teams. With the you know, I didn't watch the championship last season. But um, but yeah, obviously the that's one good thing when you have um, if you're going for a budget option, is somebody who at least is on set pieces for his team when he's on the pitch. So you'll uh, you know you've a uh, kind of higher probability of actually getting some returns from them. But uh, right, Smilovievich yeah, no, last year. Now they got a crazy number of penalties, but you know I think there's there's possibly like a nostalgia thing with, with him uh, if indeed he is on penalties because people would be like, it's the new Millie, we have to get him. Um, and wouldn't that be great if that was the case? Um, wouldn't it be? Imagine, imagine if it was like the World Cup with the set pieces with the uh, penalty system. I was thinking that there at the weekend. Oh, my God, yeah. God, if you can imagine the carnage with everyone trying to get wedge in every penalty taker for, for from every team around the, the, uh, the Premier League. With the World Cup fantasy, because that's literally what you were doing. You were just jam-packing your team full of penalty takers. And his question, is Neves on penalties? Because it looks like he's taken at least one in pre-season. And, and I'm hearing word that he is. And Although he's obviously playing in a deeper role at five million, if he's on penalties, that doesn't seem too bad for someone that you're not going to be playing week in, week out. I have Jota, Jota, whatever his name is, in my team because I like him as an option. But for five million, Nevers doesn't seem too bad, given that you don't have overly high expectations. Yeah, uh, Neves and Kennedy are actually my two. Uh... My two budget midfielders. That's good. Thanks, me and Kylie. Um, we'll move on to the defenders, of course, and uh, I'll stick with you on it. So um, we'll go with the premium picks. Um, of course, everyone is back falling in love with Aspilicueta and um, and the Chelsea the Chelsea defenders in general. But um, and and indeed Benjamin Mendy has looked great in the preseason after his injury. Um, but uh, where are you looking on this? Um, on this from this point of view with like the are you looking to spend big on your defenders and who are you going for if you are i am looking look not crazy i'm not doing some kind of five at the back situation with like all premium defenders and 
some kind of skeletal team at the front. I just don't think that's viable. But I will be investing more in my defence. I did. That was one of the takeaways for me last season. I tried to take a few shortcuts. I sold as Piliqueta for uh, Christensen and it, it has haunted me ever since. So I will not be doing those kind of moves. I'll be I'll be getting in the the stronger option. If I'm going to go for a quality defense, I want to get the one that will get me the points. And he is certainly that. He's consistent. I mean that's the thing with him like kind of seemingly regardless who the manager is he is a bonus point machine I mean he got two goals six assists 25 bonus last year that's just madness um so I think he's always a great option six five is probably fair given that he was the top scorer um I don't know that I will be starting with him in my team and I would really like to, even though I don't know how Chelsea will be this season. I just think he's one of those that you buy and you just keep in there. So he might be one for the wild card for me. Um, the person who hasn't left my team in this price range is Robertson. Um, I just, I, I really like Liverpool defence this year. I mean, last year they... They improved considerably. So they were getting clean sheets. I think it was like 17 clean sheets, something like 12 of which were at home. And uh, Robertson really clicked with that team once he started playing consistently. He got a stack of assists, scored a goal, was decent on bonus points. And I think he's just going to continue to grow into that. So I know that Van Dyke is the same price. But Robertson is the one that I would be uh, spending my money on. And there has been a lot of talk about Mendy on Twitter. And Mendy has the potential to be a very exciting option if he doesn't get injured. He's certainly the most successful constantly injured player um, because he's won a World Cup and the Premier League in a few months despite playing limited minutes. But he did show a lot of promise, a lot of crosses. He looks exciting. And six million is not bad at all for City if you're getting an attacking prospect. I won't be starting with him, but I will be monitoring him very closely. I think overall there's a, a variety of options, but some of them, again, this is tying back to what we were saying about premium forwards. Many of them will be late back from the World Cup or maybe coming back but not well rested. Tottenham's whole defence is six million, even though half of them rotate and most of them were at the World Cup. And then there is the United defence and some of them at six million. I think it's Young and Smalling and then you have Valencia at 6.5. But there's a bunch of injuries there, some intrigue over what's going on in that camp and I think I'm just going to swerve United for the moment but there's certainly a lot of premium options that are interesting this season. Thanks yeah. Mill Kylie. Um, Dale come to you on the mid-priced um, defenders. Um, obviously I know I know one man that you're definitely going to mention at 5.5 um, but is there other options other than PVA um, that you'd be looking at in the mid-priced range? 
Yeah, for sure. And just to like touch on the premium just for one sec, I just I just want to say I think that Robertson and Mendy are going to fight it out for the top scoring defenders this season. I think it's going to be t- between those two, personally. Um, but yeah, just to, to the five point five range. I think. Do you know what one who I've who I've just been looking into today actually is David Luiz. Um, I yeah, don't like him. I don't like Alonso and I don't like Aspilicueta at 6.5 because of the changing formation and the changing system. The changing system's going to really suit David Luiz and, you know, I think he's going to be like a bonus magnet. Um, he takes free kicks. He can play in midfield as well. So I think people are sleeping on him. It's like 1.2% owned. I mean, that might change. There's like 3 million other players to sign up, isn't there? But, you know, he's... in my team. Yeah, he's, he's, he's looking like he's going to come into mind, Carly, actually. Um, as you mentioned, right. Patrick Van Holt, do you know what? I'm actually going off the idea now. Um, now that you all, I know like that might come as a shock, but when I look at their fixtures, Fulham away, Liverpool at home, Watford away, Southampton at home, I'd only maybe be confident of one, possibly one clean sheet there. Um, you know, they're not real difficult games, Liverpool is, but Palace have tend to have been Liverpool's bogey team, as Mars tells us every time they play them. Um, but, you know, Fulham and Watford away, they're, they're not easy games. So, because I'll probably wildcard after week four, I might just wait on him and get him after week four. But yeah, David Luiz is definitely someone I'm looking at. Um, one sec, I'm just getting the list up. Um, while you look at that there, actually, uh, that's one I meant actually to bring up David Louise as an option, um, an alternative to Aspilicetta. I've seen earlier on on Twitter, the, uh, our friends at the Who Got the Assist podcast were, um, were mentioned that Alex Waterbaby was, um, was giving David Louise big props. And he's definitely, I mean, he's definitely an option. He's great attacking. Um, he's, uh, saving a million on, um, on Aspilicetta. So, uh, so if he's, de- if he's looking nailed on, then, um, he'd be someone I would definitely be looking at as a, as a as a cheaper move. Um, yeah, but I mean family defenders have all had a nudge up to five million, but you know, they're probably going to represent great value again. Um you know, they've got favourable fixtures. I mean, the first like five, Southampton away, Watford at home, Fulham away, Man United at home, Wolves away. You'd fancy them to maybe get two or three clean sheets there. So any no. concern, any concerns, Dale, with the fact that uh, Pope is out for a while and Heaton is not fully fit? No, not really. I mean, then the guard will just do a job in goal, won't he? Um, or they'll bring Heaton back. You know, it'll, it'll, it is what it is with a keeper. Um, I think I think Burnley are that solid as a defensive unit that it won't make too much difference. And if they have to go over Linda Gard. Sorry. If you've got a if you've got a manager that looks like Sean Dyche, that looks like he could definitely work as a bouncer in um in an inner city yeah. nightclub, then um I think their defence is always going to be rock solid. I tell I tell you one who you know people are probably think I, I might you you might really disagree with me, but you know uh, they are Lovren at five mil like that, that that's a steal. He's going to partner Van Dyke, isn't he? Like. I think that's a steal for a start starter, you know, for five yeah. million in in that defence. I mean, you know, keeping a clean sheet's a team metric. It's not a, it's not like a goal or an assist. 
it depends on the team keeping a clean sheet. So, you know, for five million, you might I think you you know, he's he's mega value. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean he is I mean Tia he's the same as um Alexander Ireland Arnold in terms of price and Arnold was someone I was I was definitely looking at, but um, that's a great point because Lovren it does look nailed. Um, that's one thing Klopp Klopp has said that he doesn't think they're going in for another centre half. So, no, but um, don't, don't Gomez and Arnold rotate at times. Who? Gomez and Arnold don't they rotate? Well, no, I think Gomez this season it will be Klein. Yeah. Gomez will be in centre back. Gomez will be uh, centre back, I think. Yeah. Oh, is he moving Klein, back to centre back this season? Klein is I the option, so. really. I think so. I think Gomez will Klein be the reserve. And really, if push comes to shove, Fabinho can play right back. He's played there before. I think Klein, I think, the world I think Gomez, Gomez will be, I think basically Klopp again talked him up, said I'm not going to sign another centre-back. In fact, I won't be surprised if Gomez starts until Lovren is, you know, back and up and running. One thing, um, still on holiday. One, one thing actually, people, uh, there's Camacho is, um, is a young right-back for Liverpool who has literally looked on fire like in the preseason. He's looked absolutely brilliant. And um the uh, I've watched a load of highlights of the of the because I've seen one of these compilation videos. So he could actually be someone that we might actually see later on in the season pushing Klein. Klein could even be maybe the backup for Robertson because one thing with Klein is he can switch sides. So he might well turn up to be kind of rotating a bit with Robertson. Um, on the left back spot, but um, it's kind of up in the air. But one thing I can see Lovren score playing a lot more matches than 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 Alexander Arnold or Gomez, for that matter. But um, so it could be a good shout. Um, we'll move on to the budget options. Um, and Marzi, come to you on this one. Who's your um your budget defensive options? Um, obviously as they have mentioned, the Burnley boys are up to five mil now, so they're kind of outside of our price range. But, um, yeah, they, not the legend they, that they is long. Not mm, the legend I, that is I, long. He's at 4.5. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I did. I actually, believe it or not, had in my um in my start draw. I had two Burnley defenders, and then I put Long as my as my bench defender. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I the, think uh, uh, I think the first well. one that needs to be mentioned is is one biscuit, or Bissaka, or whatever his name is. He's uh, he played a few games last season. He looks a unit. He bombs up and down the, the wing um, and he's been playing a lot with Palace at the moment. I think Kylie mentioned when we were chatting earlier offline that he when they, when Palace put their second team out, he wasn't in it, which indicates that he's probably part of the original first team. There's concerns that Ward might come in and take his place, etc., etc. But I think, I think he's one who will start, at least, at four million. If you don't want to spend the money on... PVA or even double up and put him on the bench in Hello, case Adam, yeah. mm. somebody doesn't play. That's that's a bargain. That's probably the only one that I can see apart from Shaletto at Brighton for four million. I remember that he played a lot last season. Uh, looking at his points, it doesn't look like it, but maybe that's because, as they all mentioned, the team metric thing from Brighton did did concede a fair bit. But Shaletto again on the wing, maybe four million again. You're not relying on these guys to score many points. Four now, mil is kind of hard, yeah. Yeah, if you look at the 4.5, now Tompkins. So again, we're focusing on Palace, and there's a lot of loving for Palace, right? But I think there's a reason. Palace, I think, finished the season one of the top teams form-wise. So if they pick up where they left, I can see them doing well again, right? 
he's the same. If let's say if he keeps the same team and and they play well, Tomkins uh, has threat from corners. Again, he's a million cheaper than um, than Van Anholt, uh, and will probably play most of the games. He scored three last season, so you know, can, can he get more? Probably. Um, Cedric is another one that I would would look at and consider. Um, again, 4.5 in a Southampton team. Hughes seems to like him. He he does attack. You're not rel- you're not gonna. They have nice-ish fixtures, but you're not going to rely on uh, too much. Uh, one that I really like um, is, um, but again, I think he always flatters to deceive. Is Kiko Firmino from Watford? He seems to be one of those guys that will always, you know, bomb forward and scores and plays out of position. But when you actually look at his points, he doesn't score that much. So, but for me, him or Holobas would be would be another option at 4.5. I mean, Holobas when he plays. He takes set pieces, right? Like I'm sure he does. He yeah, takes set he pieces does. for for Watford. I mean, what a steal at 4.5 if they do well. Um, and that pretty much, I mean, the legend that is Mariapa is now 4.5. He was four last season, so that's that's uh, that's unfair on him. Um, apart from that, to be honest, if you really really want to have Huddersfield defenders, then you can pick between Zanka and Schindler, but I wouldn't. Yeah. Duffy or Dunker are two kind of the the yeah. but 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 I think it I think with with the with the real budget defenders I think it's a matter of just being quick to react when we see the season who's um who it is that's kind of emerged or is playing getting more playing time than they might have been expected to get and just being fast to move on them um, and also of course being fast to move off players that say um as you call them there one one biscuit. Um, yeah, if but that's that the problem. Not the problem is the problem is when you have a player that is has high percentage and he doesn't play, you will lose value when people jump off. You mm. actually want a player that is low percentage and doesn't play, because then his his value will stay the same. Yeah, that's great advice, and that's uh, one I was going to. We'll move on to the goalkeepers now, and that's that's one thing I was actually going to lead off with is um, it's a good idea to actually if you if a lot of people are putting four mil defend or goalkeepers on their uh, on their bench, and um, it's definitely a thing to kind of to watch your four mil goalkeeper is make sure at least that he doesn't have high ownership because I don't know who did four mil, but I know there will be a couple of ones that will probably get a lot of the attention. And if people start moving off them, then all of a sudden you'll have lost value as opposed to just get a low ownership um, sub goalkeeper who will just sit there, won't lose anything. Um, especially if you're pairing them up with Dave De Gea and you're not actually even, even continencing playing them. But, um, but yeah, let's move on to the goalkeepers and Dave will come to you first on it. Um, of course, in the premium options, there probably is only one that um, that everyone is thinking about, which is Dave De Gea. But um, I do see other people looking at um, at like the um, Ederson, or I look see them looking at now not so much Courtois because of the transfer rumours. But um, what's your thinking in the premium? Is there only one, only one Dave? Um, yeah, that's a difficult one. I think, yeah, probably. I mean, Courtois looks on his way out. Uh, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people going with Edison, but I, I think that might just be on Twitter. Um, but, I mean, he's a, it seems selected by 17%, so, you know, he's, that represents a fair wedge. Um, but when you consider it, I mean, David Hay is at 30, so, you know, it seems like it's between uh, De Gea and Edison for keeper. 
Alison Becker coming in at 11. So, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one. But, yeah, I think if you're going to spend that money, you go with De Gea. Yeah. Definitely. Um, the Pickford, like, there's a couple, if the Chelsea move does happen for Courtois, yeah, Pickford is one people are talking about, and also Schmeichel. Yeah, um, I mean, Pickford become a premium keeper by default, I suppose, but at £5 million, so... Personally, yeah. If if that move comes off, then they're going in goal for me. But unless um, if that if that move don't come off, then I'm going with Patricio. But I'll let um, you guys. The uh, well, I'll come to them on it now because one thing when when we were looking at De Gea like last season, his save total was so high that it was almost actually ridiculous, and um, and he has had a price increase since last year as well. So one thing, as much as I do have him, because I've tossed and turned with the idea of whether or not to have him or whether to go the budget route. Um, but but one thing we could probably expect to see a bit of negative regression back a little bit because his save total, I think he had something like 70, was it something like 50 more saves, say, than Ederson. And it was, you know, his save total was so ridiculous that you can't really expect that to be sustained. And a lot of his points were from that. Um, as well as, of course, the Man U clean sheets. But um, that's one thing that's kind of given me a little bit of pause that I think people might be expecting a little bit of a repeat of last season for the hair. I tell you, I can't I, really see that one thing about Dave for me is he had an awful world. I love the guy, right? But he had an awful World Cup for his yeah. standards. In fact, I think there's something like 80% of the shots that went that he had he conceded or something like that if not, if not higher I don't think he made a, a save until like the third game exactly right yes. so if if that's still playing on his mind and plus all the crap that we think is going on at United it's why I'm actually staying away and maybe saving that point five. he was the first name in my team to start with but I am leaning towards the Edison side just because if you look at those City fixtures I don't know which one of their defenders is going to play no honestly can Mendy play all those fixtures? I don't think he's fit enough. I think he would rotate. Again, then you have about four. They, Stones had an awesome World Cup. You've got Laporte. You've got all these guys, right? So for me, Edison is the one that I know will 100% start. I don't usually like to waste, um, for such an attacking team like City, to waste a, a keeper. But I think I might do for the first, when those, you know, just kind of like, I probably jinx it now, but the guaranteed six points. Yeah, you definitely have jinxed it, I reckon. Kylie, where do you stand in the De Gea, De Gea position? Um, not considering him. Um, I agree that it would make sense that there would be some sort of regression. Um, no, I mean, he's look, he's still a great keeper. Um, and certainly the guaranteed spot into the United defence. And last year, again, United defensively, they kept a lot of clean sheets. People who had Jones early did really well. They got a lot of bonus points as well. Um, and I didn't have United defense and that was quite frustrating, but I'm, I'm just not sold to be honest. Um, I want to see a bit more from United, see that they don't have as many injuries, see that De Gea's head screwed on properly. So, you know, it could be one that I look at um, given a wild card, but I'm actually going as usual towards the budget end and like Dale, I'm looking at Patricio. Oh, so two for Patricio. Mm-hmm. Um, Dale, or Mars, if you were going with a budget option, who would you be, uh, who would you be looking at? Have you, have you examined them in any detail? 
Fabianski is is a great option. Uh, the guy just West Ham's you know, fixtures are horrible, but I know his his are, main thing is his save machine. Exactly, and he does you know better what? in tough fixtures. Yeah, mm. and you know they've got they've got a new manager, and I think he will be a bit more solid. Um, they they will be a bit more solid at the back, uh, but also uh, I mean, Patricio just because he's you know the Portugal keeper four point five, amazing. But I mean he. he we have to be careful with with this hope. I know if you if you were to ask uh, Fly Wolves are going to win the league and all of that, but yeah, I mean, four point five is a great price, great price for him. But apart from that, to be honest, there's not much um, there's not much choice what, at what four point five. One thing though, I'm um, see the reason I'm um, the reason I'm I actually expected a lot more De Gea love on um, on the show, but it's. Um, one thing that I do want to have is I don't I'm not really interested in any of the Man United defenders. Um, Bai not really got it doesn't score enough. Um, Valencia has a flag at the moment and he's he's pushing on a little bit in years. Um, Shaw no nail down place. You know what I mean? And I kind of looking at the United defenders and I do want to have a piece of and um, as much as Mourinho might be miserable and you know it's not a it's not a happy ship at the moment. Um, he does know how to get clean sheets and I do want to have for ownership even wise I want to have a piece of United's clean sheets when they have when they do get them because their ownership figures will be high like people will try to get a piece of that um, and I'd be kind of wary of if I just have West Ham defend, uh, goalkeeper in there and no Man United defender um, that if they do get a clean sheet that it will kind of affect rank what do you think on that one Dale? From going what he said in the press conference, it looks like we're going to sign a defender, and that's probably going to be Alderweire or Maguire. So, you know, if you're looking for someone who's nailed on, it'll be whichever one the buyout of those two, I guess, um, would be my answer to that. And you know, that that if, if, especially if Maguire goes, I think is Maguire five million. That's someone who I'm very interested five, in. That he's actually point. five five point five. I thought he would be five, but I think he's five point five. Oh, I'm a bit surprised by that actually. He's well, overpriced for Leicester. Pardon? He's a bit overpriced for Leicester yeah, at 5.5. Yeah, yeah he should be the equivalent to John Stones um, when he went yeah. to Man City and there was price for Everton. Yeah, that's a bit strange. But yeah, I mean, even at 5.5, he's, you know, he's, um, he's, he's, he'll be nailed on. So that, that would be where I'd be aiming, I suppose. But I'm, I'm going, probably going to go on Luke Shaw for the first couple at 5 mil. But. I'll lose him on the wild card, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good stuff, folks. Um, we've almost ran out of time, so um, we're just going to run through a few listener questions um, that we got in ahead of it. We kind of asked for not not listener questions as such, but more teams and topics to talk on. Uh, Sean at Slimbrick, was, um, he asked a couple of questions. And one thing he was talking about, Amaris, I want to get your thoughts on this because I know you feel somewhat strongly about it. He was saying most players, himself included, rarely double up on defenders to try and maximise clean sheets. But should he should we double up so that we only actually need to hit two clean sheets in a week? Now I know the um, questionable <laughs> logic there, Sean, on that one. But, but the uh, but he currently has Ederson, Mendy, Robertson, and VVD, and he's wondering is he mad? He's not mad based on the fixtures, but you know, for me, there's so many good defenders out there. At good prices, you should spread the love. Why not? Instead of having two Liverpool and two City, why not have a Liverpool, a City, 
Uh, and also, oh, sorry, one person 